Welcome to another episode of Forge. It's Wednesday, my dudes. How you doing? <laughs> that's actually the intro. That's, that's I mean, the do intro. it. Yeah. Do it. We're releasing on Wednesday. 100%. There you go. That That's your intro right there. So we're going to jump <laughs> into... I'm Zach. I mean, I, wait, what did you just that, say? Yeah, I've recorded it. That's okay. the intro. We're cracking on. Perfect. Mate. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, how are you doing? You seem full of energy <laughs> with that introduction. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm getting blinded by the light. Yeah, uh, good song. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, I'm I'm pretty good. Is uh, you know it it's it's gone. It, it's some of somewhat tradition that we're talking weather, you know, and like how it's wearing us down. Yeah. Germany is now, or like the the region that I'm living in is what less than 20 degrees it's like right now it's 18 degrees celsius outside yeah. but the humidity is above 70 percent uh, that's the, it's the humidity it's, that's gross man like that, yeah that so so it's like the, it's like that uh, it's a terrible weather where you where you're not sure if you should wear a sweatshirt when you go out but it's like it doesn't matter because you're sweating anyway yeah yeah no that's gross yeah i mean uk is not much better it's just miserable at the moment it's like the sun yeah. comes out for two seconds and then it starts raining, so it's less than ideal. I, um, I hope the sun, because it's shining right into my eye, is only taking two seconds, <laughs> or like two minutes. Um, besides the yeah. weather, of course, like how how things you're in. Yeah, not bad. Bit of a tricky time period currently, so just trying to work through it. Um, yeah, very in in kind of general topic with the esports winter that have sadly affects esports jobs currently so yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of an interesting time for me currently but other than that i'm okay how are you yeah i think i think we're also getting into like the i, I like i'd like to compare to world of warcraft because right. you, you would call it the summer the summer drought um true yeah like during july august we would never get any pve raids going yeah. And suddenly our guild would fall apart because no one was available to do um, Naxxramas or Alduar or whatever you would raid back in the Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King times. Yeah, it's just everyone being selfish and being on holiday. It's not really fair, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. I hate selfish people that <laughs> go and travel on vacation. Honestly, like imagine doing something beneficial and taking time away it's so gross honestly. yeah um, oh, i'm actually feeling bad <laughs> no yeah no maybe a bit too far on that one we have nothing against people that take time away um yeah i'm, I'm allowed i'm allowed to do it yeah uh how are you though mate are you all right yeah everything's fine um you know it's, uh, slowly but surely it's it's creeping more in that i'm gonna be a dad yeah. um so yeah we i told you this earlier but like we have this um this appointment today to first like check out the clinic and yep. the entire kind of like floor where babies are born yeah. so we're going on to like this this info evening mm. um yeah to just check it out and and see if that is the clinic where we want our kid to be born nice and cool. yeah so if you get to choose a clinic creepy. that's mad it yeah kinda yeah, as I, because because it's it's weird. I don't know how it works in in other countries, but like you kind of like call before, or like you you register for an appointment, and then obviously if things go earlier, you rush to the hospital. But yeah, 
I mean, usually because you have you have like midwives accompanying you on on all of that stuff, like even accompanying you after the kid is there. Um, so yeah, um, we'll we're kind of like we we chose the next. There's a difference, and I don't want to digress too hard into this, but there's a difference of like in terms of like how equipped hospitals are, um, right. in, in terms of like in t intensive care, for example, for yeah, yeah. for newborns. Um, and so we kind of like just chose the two next clinics from from where we're living, um, and we're checking both of them out because the the time that it takes to get there is roughly the same. Like one takes. 15 minute drive and the other one is like 20 to 25 minutes it's not horrific but no yeah it's actually better than most to be honest like <laughs> i mean I, I live somewhat in the countryside so your options are either same. yeah yeah it's either east of the county or the west of the county those are your options really um yeah yeah no, no it's, it's, it's quite all right so yeah. so yeah we're excited like checking out clinics <laughs> yeah god no it's good man it's good to hear it well we've we've had a little chat beforehand and i mean there's a few cop uh, copics topics that we want to go over today um first of which i don't really know how we want to choose to be honest the only honorable mention i have is just something very cool and quirky that i noticed is obviously kick sponsors alfa romeo's formula one team yeah. um and their new livery has 95 5 on the car itself boasting i actually the, didn't uh... see that like i mean i'm, I'm what look i'm i'm that type of person that is watching every qualifying in yeah. every race and like even even when there's free practice i put i sometimes put formula one on yeah um on like the second screen and i watch it on the side but for some reason i didn't see the 95.5 yeah on well, delivery. I, I don't know it, it might have not been i'm trying to remember where it was i think it was right cockpit um I'm trying to remember. I, I saw the photos before the race and then uh, saw a couple of snaps like during. Right. I, I just think it's really funny. I think it's just an honorable yeah. mention because it's like... It, I mean, I currently just... don't have either of the, the Alfa Romeo drivers in my fantasy lineup, so no, <laughs> maybe it's... I wasn't watching as much. No, I, I think it's actually in the game as well in Formula 1. Um, I know that the kick... Uh, sponsorship is on the livery in the F1 game. Uh, I'm well, not... What happens? What happens if you stream from the Formula One game and you choose, like, for career mode or whatever, you choose Alfa Romeo as your team? Do you get like incentives from Kick? <laughs> Do you know? What? I don't know, but that could actually be really interesting because it actually like gives Kick and the the logo more screen time. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's actually a really interesting point. Because one of the things that did make me laugh is I was watching my uh, my friend stream, uh, who streams a lot of Formula One, uh, Curbs, if you're listening. Um, and yeah, he's streaming on Twitch and he's just got a kick logo on his stream the whole time <laughs> while he's driving around. Um, I can't remember what circuit he was on. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought it was really interesting. It's just a bit of a different different angle to be honest like obviously it's it's a big point of why kick is trying to push themselves as to what they can offer creators with the 95.5 split but to actively use that in the marketing and yeah and plaster it everywhere i think is just a a, a different way of doing it that we haven't really seen yet yeah um 
I mean, to to be fair, it's somewhat like the same. Formula One is very very similar to esports. Yeah. As in, Formula One is extremely expensive. Oh yeah. And the main reason how you get through it all is sponsors and kind of like Formula One and the races are a marketing vehicle. Yes. Oh, for yeah. a lot of the companies. So yeah, it's it's not only about that. Um, I I can't. I don't know if you remember those times. It was like it's. 2019 2020 ish times so the year before covid and like yep. the the shortened covid formula one season but renault the now alpine team when they were still black and, and yellow in colors they actually had team vitality um on the car oh mad yeah i didn't yeah. know that so they were like and, and they had it like um next to the cockpit so if like you have the helmet there and then you have the you you see you know left and right yep. um there's there's parts of the car and, and you could see the vitality logo there that's um, actually like really there was cool. i i remember a lot of the shots like back then the the lineup 2019 was hulkenberg and ricardo um and then 2020 was uh ricardo and ocon um i, re I remember on ricardo's car like that, I've, that I saw it, but I can't remember like if it was. Um, I think it was twenty twenty. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go back and look at that because I didn't know. If I'm honest, I didn't know there was any affiliation between Vitality and Renault. There was um, like the the Vitality Rocket League team for what it was called. It um, was Renault, yeah. No, Renault I do remember that now actually. Yeah. God, yeah, what a and so, so, like, the only other way we have seen that is, is on Lando's helmet when he's, like, sported the Quadrant logo, but yep. other than that... Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Was the Quadrant logo on the car as well of the McLaren? I don't think sure. it was ever on the car. Uh, if I'm honest, you'd have you'd have a fun time trying to find a free spot with all of McLaren's sponsors. <laughs> so... Oh. So no, I I think for that one it was just Lando, but I think it's on all it's been all on all of his helmets, um because I know that they did, um, for Silverstone the the retro helmet that they did, uh, they did like a retrofied quadrant logo that was on it, which was quite cool, um but yeah no other than that. Nice. I don't think it's on the car. Yeah, I, but... I mean it's cool and, and it's and it makes sense because like um, you know if you think back to the pandemic and how all of that started, the one of the first things that where sports was somewhat back was when Formula One drivers suddenly started streaming. Oh yes, and you had like stuff like oh not the Bahrain Grand Prix or yep. you know those races, um, which was kind of cool and and I could driving more and more of the. I don't want to say mainstream, but like more of the regular Formula One or mainstream sports fans over to esports. Yeah, well, I I think that's obviously one of the big reasons Quadrant started was Lando was streaming a lot during lockdown. Obviously, Max Verstappen yeah. was streaming a lot, Charles Leclerc streaming a lot. Um, <laughs> I remember was it? Was. I think it was Lando, Lando and and Carlos. Um, <laughs> Lando, Lando calling Carlos. Oh, I remember that like clip. The, yeah. the strategies, and then like Lando disconnected all the time. Yeah, and Carlos didn't even know who was on the phone. That was a good one. <laughs> didn't even save his number. It's so toxic. Um, but yeah, no, I I just thought that was an honorable mention. Just bring up Kick, obviously changing how they're doing the marketing. Um, 
I'm trying to think. They signed someone else recently. Um, it's not someone I already know, so I can't remember their name to save my life. But I think ultimately, just from observation, I feel like the kick side of things is slowing down a little bit. Um, it just feels like, well, there's a lot less discussion on it on social media. Obviously, that might have changed with the recent signing. On, um, on which social media? On X or on threads? On X. Okay. Yeah, that's going to take a while to get used to. Twitter. Is, does threads still exist? So, yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I was talking to some of my friends that have used Instagram for donkey's years and have a very decent profile on there. And just saying how quickly Threads died. I don't think yeah. many people are using it. I've still got it installed. I haven't opened it in ages. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly sure. I, I um, don't think it is available in the European Union yet. Um, that might so, give it a boost. Like, it needs it, I think. Yeah, but like, does it revive an entire platform if it's already dead? Yeah, probably not. I, I mean, I, I'm, I've never been like that big of a social media guy. I mean, like, I, I like yeah. browsing and, and getting it for the news. But I've never been like a big person on in terms of like, oh, I'm posting and sharing my stuff. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm so, awful. <laughs> yeah. So like Fred's, I installed it on uh, an old phone that I have. Yeah. Um, basically uh, back in 2017. Damn, that's a long time ago. Um, cool, yeah. when, when we first started with Fnatic with the OnePlus partnership, I got uh, a OnePlus that has my nickname engraved in the back. That's cool. Which That's is really which cool. is kind of cool, yeah, and yeah. you know, like I I got to keep that because yeah, it's it's it has my name engraved in the back. Yeah. Um. So and and this one like with a VPN, I could go to somewhere else, uh, be a citizen of the UK, and you know, just download it. On, on that phone so that's how i use threads yeah um but i haven't turned that f so like that phone is out of battery for the better part of the past two weeks yeah well i'm trying to let let me just have a brief look i mean that's you know th that was just like my little of like oh you know like kick all of that stuff is kind of like slowing down yeah, uh, well, and, and and I remember we said on an earlier episode, like, oh yeah, it's gonna be the big streamer wars, you know, it's like um, Captain America, Iron Man, Civil War, Twitch versus Kick or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like not happened. I slowed down, and you hear less and less yeah. about it. No, definitely, and I I think that's part of it. But at the same time, like, what was really interesting is, um, I can't remember the guy's position, but I literally saw a tweet this morning where um, one of the higher-up kick employees, uh, he might be one of the C-levels, is just casually hanging out with Drake at, at a party, and it's just kind of... They're still in those circles where they, they are fully capable of making something massive. Um but yeah, I, d I need to have a look at the numbers just to see kind of how they're looking at the moment uh, yeah. to see if it's fallen off a bit. But yeah, uh, I Kick, think it's interesting. Kick, Kick was owned by Stake, right? By the... Yes, by the gambling is, company. Where are they based again? That's Asia. Uh, yes. I actually don't know. I don't think I ever looked at where they were based. I think, I think they're based somewhere in Asia. Uh, it's from what I, if I remember correctly, it's not a Middle Eastern company. I just recently I watched another, like where where actually we're not really off topic, but like you know we're we're talking a little bit more random uh, today. 
Um, I recently watched a video. Do you rem do you know who Johnny Harris is? He's been like one of the Vox journalists. It rings um, a bell, but I can't. And think and he of... started he started a new channel with one of his former Vox colleagues. Mm. Um, and that channel is a lot about sports. And the first video they brought out is a video about um, how the Premier League changed. Yep. Uh, and how it kind of like how the Premier League ruined football. God. Um, but it's interesting, you know, because it's like um, it's the the stuff that we always when you and me talk about Formula One or when I talk with other friends about Formula One, cash is king. Like money rules the sport in in that regard and it kind of like showed the same stuff for the premier league yeah in terms of oh um you know how what was it manchester city and uh all of those all of those clubs you know just brought in massive investments from overseas and yeah grew as they are today yeah interesting yeah, I think I don't know. It just it it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. I think uh, it's just, it's just where the money is, right? That's ultimately what it comes down to. It's just it's yeah. just where the money is, um, and money is a very big motivator. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, as we already you know, like the the stuff with the salary cap and like regulations yeah, yeah. and all of that. Until you know, there are certain regulations for like every area in place you will go where the most money is exactly exactly and you can't blame people for that to be honest <laughs> no absolutely um, not but yeah no i think um no it's, it is a really good point and i think it's something that i'm just going to look into a little bit more to see if there's any kind of better correlation with it and just stay a bit more up to date with who they've been announcing um but I mean, naturally, I found myself gravitating back to Twitch a bit more. Um, I don't know if that's just my awful attention span, but uh, it, yeah, I'm not sure. So yeah, I mean, it's it's what it's just what you're used to, probably. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, I I was opening Kick every single day and and sitting down and watching streamers that I wouldn't normally watch and just kind of just having a look at it. Obviously, I was streaming on there a lot myself. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think I still have a lot of my friends that stream on Twitch that didn't move over. Um, so I think that's probably why as well. Um, but yeah, no, I think definitely one to, to keep tabs on. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, Kick will uh, continue to do some decent things. Um, but yeah, I, I think another thing that uh, is worth talking about, um, kind of what we've touched on there obviously already talking about salary caps and us mentioning just then where where the money is uh, and people following it one of the things we were talking about uh salary caps with is obviously league of legends um and you linked me a really interesting uh dot esports um it's not a post what is it article article that's the one uh linked me a really interesting article about the viewership um yeah. and something that did surprise me when you sent it to be honest that it is dropped quite drastically yeah um which which has like in the article or like what they're what they're talking about is that it has to do with the format and i 
because like because we have discussed the LEC format on on this show before. Um, so I thought like yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Like why why did the why did the viewership drop? Like there are some explanations in that in the article. Um, I don't fully like one hundred percent agree with it, but I can see the point. So, um, first. In terms of um, the, so according to esports charts data, like I'm just summing up quickly the article. Yep. Um, uh, and this is an article from, as as we we're recording it from yesterday. Um, so the LEC's peak viewership has dropped by over fifty percent. Um, the peak viewership last year in the in the finals of the LEC summer split was like seven hundred thousand plus. Yeah. And now it's like just three hundred twenty ish thousand. Yeah. Um. Even as well, like the average LEC viewership has declined um, to, um, like, I think they mentioned 170,000 ish, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the average LEC viewership has also gone down from 211,743 to 172,558, which is an 18.5% decline. Yeah. And um, that's, a lot. that's that's quite a bit. Yeah. Like, that's nearly 20% of viewers that like of of viewers that you're losing um so and and they they interviewed or like they talked to a few people and they said like oh that they no longer necessarily enjoy watching the lec because of the format yeah um and so yeah when we talked about the format now it's what these three splits and um there's a there's like two group stages but in the in the beginning to just even make it like kind of every match matters yeah which reminded me a little bit um like the the difference between the nba and the nfl is that in the nba it's it's okay if you're having what a night off or something because there's there's just too many games and you can't really really follow that yeah um if you have what 82 games um per regular season it's just way too much but if you're looking at the NFL, who are having 17, uh, now it's 17. Back in the days, it was it was 16 um, days, or like 16 matches uh, f- to follow. You are more inclined to like watch every game of your team, definitely. And and every game kind of like matters. So, but the LEC did something weird. They shortened the number of games, but also increased it. So the group stage has more stakes in it and and it's like really important that you don't get into the league on the wrong foot Fnatic had to pay the price on that in the beginning yep. of the year and um this time it in like uh, this split it happened uh, with vitality so yeah it's, it is a little bit there, there is still some stakes but on the other hand like a lot of those a lot of the people that dot esports talk to they are kind of like saying like hey yeah games don't matter as much anymore yeah and that is also true because if you look at the finals that just happened where it was g2 versus excel in the summer split finals it's like those were played in the studio but it's not really like a final instead there's another um there's another event which is just called lec 2023 season finals so over the past few splits you had the chance to amassed championship points again and um so far no one from europe is locked to go to worlds mm. um 
some some teams have better chances uh, because they have more championship points and they're starting in the upper bracket. Um, but yeah, it's still you know you you could you could be in the position. Imagine you have the most number of points. You won every split. You won spring. You won fall, spring, and summer. But you're having a bad day at this tournament, and you're still not going to Worlds. And I think this is kind of like what fans are probably complaining, that there's too many... Not too many games, but like there's too many indicators that don't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that does make sense. And I think... That that's the really hard thing, and I think what I likened it to before was even um, like VCT locking in Brazil, where you could even it was one of the main events where you could actually go and buy a ticket and go fly out there, but then you'd be flying out there, and as soon as the team that you support wholeheartedly and you followed their whole journey, if they lose one game, they're out. And at that yeah. point, it really impacts that fan base, which ultimately is your audience. They're the people that make any of this possible uh, by contributing to the viewership and everything like that. So, yeah, I, I think I think ultimately it, it doesn't surprise me, but with these numbers, surely, surely they have to act on it. Because, I mean... Yeah. Like, literally, I mean, you've said it already, but I've got here, last year the LEC recorded 732,573 viewers during finals, while this year uh, the finals between G2 and XL held on the 30th of July only had 325,193. Like, that is less than half. Yeah. Like, that's that's concerning at that point. When I mean, in the you, space you have of a year. to you have to com compare that last year that final. I think that was um there was uh, there was an offline final that was the one in I think Malmo. Okay, if I remember correctly, right. and like this one was you know it was the summer split, but mm. like summer split you know again as as I already mentioned doesn't mean as much because yeah. there's still the LEC 2023 season finals, which are going to be um like the the final events uh. I think they are going to be in France in Montpellier. Yeah. Okay. Well, may yeah, maybe that's a better measure then. I think almost. Well, obviously not disregarding yeah, the data currently, but I feel like the the offline aspect definitely makes a massive difference. Yeah, I think the main thing just is confusion in yeah. terms of like you know it's not prop, and it's always been a little bit tricky when the regions had different formats. Mm. I mean, the at some point you know we had like group stages with best of threes um we had like uh, back in the days when i started watching in, in 2013 2014 you had like what you would you would play everyone during the regular split uh during the regular split you would play everyone like f every other team like three times yeah um sometimes uh, did you even play everyone no three times was it um so yeah, you you would pretty much like have have more matches, um, but it was still um, I've, yeah. As I already mentioned, I think it's just confusion. Like if if I'm tuning into the LEC now um, by accident, then I'm like I have no idea. Wait, does this match matter? Is it like important that? Yeah. No, if if I tune into the finals, I'm like, okay, is it important now that G two wins the finals? 
or that Excel wins the finals? No, I think it was already like set in stone that G2 would have the most championship points and Excel um, would also start in the in the top four in terms of championship points mm. uh, for the for the final event. Um, so none of them is going to Worlds. Of course, there's prize money, there's a trophy. You can call yourself like summer champion, but still, I'm. I don't know. It's just confusing. Well, yeah, and I mean that that comes back to something that we've spoken about already, right? Which is the the obvious aspect of esports is the the ability to look at something and understand what's going on. So, obviously, League of Legends is difficult to understand what's going on if you yeah. don't know what a MOBA is and and understand the basic fundamentals. But if you do play League of Legends, but you don't look in, in, into all the tournament stuff, you don't look on like Liquipedia or, or anything like that, so you don't understand tournament formats. If you're not able to look and understand kind of what's going on with it, then that's that is also an issue that you're then alienating a big part of your audience because it it's still divided up into that kind of casual, competitive and professional um, gamers. As, as part of your audience and I think the majority will always be casual um, so you've got to appeal to that and make things a bit more obvious in terms of what what matters more um, yeah. but then that could be something that's covered by the casters you know obviously if you're watching without sound you then lose that ability but it could be something that they cover with that but I think the visual side of it is very important yeah it is but yeah, it's like to be honest, with like very very few exceptions, I haven't really watched League of Legends uh, yeah. this year. Um, and then you know the other thing as well is it always depends on like the times. So maybe I'm boring um, or I'm I'm annoying people with my constant traditional sports comparisons because <laughs> no. like you shouldn't always compare traditional sports to esports. Um, but your interest in like any sport depends on like a how good your team is performing and if they're having good years if they're having bad years. Same as for like your most like the the players that you watch the most. Mm. Um, like for example, I, I mentioned the NBA earlier. Um, so my favorite player of all time is a guy called Kevin Garnett. Yep. Um. I, I was lucky enough to like watch Michael Jordan on TV and actually have Michael Jordan jerseys at home as well. Um, but like my favorite player was always this guy called Kevin Garnett. He was specialized in defense and he played for the Minnesota Timberwolves and later transferred over to the Boston Celtics. Yep. Ever since he retired, because he's an old man now, um, he entered the league in 1995 when I was a five-year-old kid. And I was like, oh, I don't want to play soccer. I don't want to play football. I want to basketball. Oh, he's the young kid. He's exciting. I know this was five, six-year-old me. Because um, he was just like one of the youngest players. Like he was the youngest star in the in the NBA. So that's why I started following him. Yep. Um, and kind of like declaring, all right, he's my new favorite player now. Um, but yeah, like my interest in, in following the NBA has gone down massively yeah since he's no longer actively playing like in 
in the early 2010s um, and, and like late late 2000s when he was on championship runs with Boston, I would pl I would stay up all night just to watch him and the Boston Celtics play, in especially in the playoffs. Um, now, I I don't think I have I've, I think I watched like one or two NBA games like when they were on 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 semi semi on on TV because like sometimes that that happens on or like on live streams in in yep. Germany, but interest has gone down. Same American football, you know, like my favorite player was Larry Fitzgerald who played for the Arizona Cardinals. He is like retired since COVID pretty much. Um, and um, since then, I'm I'm watching the Super Bowl, but like my interest in the in the game has gone down. And how yeah. that translates to esports is I can see that for a lot of people. They watch League of Legends. They are fans of Reckless, Caps, Perks, you know, whoever. And right now, sure, Perks is still active. He's still on G2. They're still dominating Europe. But when was the last time that we have seen a, a European team doing well on the international stage? Yeah. For the past year, every international tournament, I think since 2020, um, we've seen four Asian teams in the finals. Yeah, and I, I think it definitely hurts it, right? Because ultimately... I feel like automatically you've got that kind of allegiance to your region and you I mean I I definitely want to see EMEA do well as a region like I always have done obviously above that I want to see the UK do well in esports and uh, I think it's the same for for other people um but no I think it definitely does hurt it when you're kind of a uh, you're watching it and it's almost just like, yeah, I mean, this doesn't matter anyway, because they're going to get beaten by whoever from from Asia, because like, and rightfully so, they're unbelievable players, and they and they make incredible teams, and they deserve to be winning, but that still takes away that kind of that cult following aspect where you root for that kind of team, but. I think there's there's the time aspect of it as well, um, where like I think it plays a big part in what you're saying, is that if it if it happens as a one off, then it's kind of the excitement of for the next tournament of like right what's going to happen now are they going to bounce back like this is going to be massive are they going to be able to take yeah. on these titles? If it's for a few years, it's then just like okay yeah it, it doesn't matter like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Like how... just, just for Europe as a region, like yeah. 2018, Fnatic, we made it in, into the top two to the final. 2019 yeah. was Worlds in Europe. G2 made it into the final. Yeah. Like both them and us, we lost the final, but we finished second place. And, and there was some hype around European League of Legends in those years. Yeah. 2020, um, Fnatic made it top eight, G2 made it top four. Um, and then. 2021 and 2022 like the last two worlds that we've seen it's only been chinese and and south korean teams making it to the top four yeah which yeah it's like i, I can understand that a little bit of a resignation kind of like hits as oh okay it's just like there was and, and if, if you remember back in the days 2014 15 16 17 like all of those all of those worlds were won 
I mean, when, when was the last time? Okay, when was the last time a Western team actually won Worlds? Um, that's, uh, what, season one? Yeah, true. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah. but, you know, all of the, the finals were always, like, just Korean teams against each other. Or, you know, suddenly there is um, there is um, there's 2018 where it's, it's a Chinese and the European team that are making it to the finals. So I can understand that there's a little bit less hype around it. Also, I've, maybe that that's a and, and you can definitely put more than your two cents on there because you'll, you'll probably follow that more. But I also think they are Riot are diminishing or like reducing their own viewer base with the scheduling they have done and and bringing Valorant onto the market and like making Valorant bigger. Yeah, so. I think that's what you've said just there is inevitable for a company like Riot that has multiple esports titles. That they'll always feel like the favoritism or they'll always feel like resources being pulled from A to go towards B. And I think Valorant, with the amount of success it has and the amount of money, like through skin sales, I want to see the number that has been made through that. They have probably raked in so much, like millions and millions and millions. So with that, obviously they're then putting back into it. There's there seems to be a lot more content being done around Valorant as well than um, recent League of Legends. I won't say all of League of Legends, but recent League of Legends. So there's so many more ways to market Valorant. You've got people like Tarek, who is live streaming Valorant and is pulling 110,000 viewers while the mainstream's getting 40,000, 50,000. You've got so many profiles in Valorant currently that make it possible for it to succeed so much. So for me, it's an absolute no-brainer why they're going, right, jump all in on that. Like, yeah. we we saw, like, Leo Faria, for example, was a guy that was working on Wild Rift. He was pulled out of Wild Rift and sent straight to Valorant. And it's yeah, I actually remember people. a conversation that I have with that I had with Broxar a couple of months ago. Yeah. So like when I talked to him and, and he is he's active and, and you know traveling to Berlin and being mm. on the LEC broadcast. But he mentioned as well, like there's a lot of people that used to like work in player management or behind the scenes in esports for League of Legends. Yeah. That were pulled from the LEC over to Valorant. Yeah. And like it makes sense in my head and obviously i'm slightly biased because i'm a much bigger valorant fan than i'm a league of legends fan but it just seems like everything is going very well currently i think saying that though there are still format issues i know we've obviously spoke about the valorant format a bit as well with ascension yep. and everything like that in the grand scheme of things i still think that's a flawed system I'm going back on what I said previously because now we've seen it play out. It's still a flawed system, so there's a lot of work that needs going there. But from the fan point of view, with the production, with like, I. This is going to be my broad statement of the episode. Are you ready? Okay. Valorant is so much more entertaining to watch than League of Legends. So much more. You have more going on on the screen. You can directly understand that someone has more skill or more mechanical ability than someone else if they're in a 1v1. 
League of Legends, there's so many kind of hidden mechanical things that you might not understand, like obviously cancelling autos and, and stuff like that. With Valorant, it's there plain to see. The, the, the broadcast and production side of it is incredibly well done, and the people that they've got behind that is very good. I think all in all, visually, Valorant is just conquering it currently. That's my broad statement. So apologies to any League of Legends fans, but... It's, it's okay. I, I can understand you. Because, yep. you know, I and many other people have just one rule. Hmm. And that rule is new is always better. <laughs> joking joking aside, um, but if you think about it, you know, like, of course, League of Legends isn't, isn't the same game that it was 10 years ago. Of course, yeah. Like, think, like, think about it. Season 1 World Championship, that was 2011. And like worlds on on the big scale, like season three, that worlds was the first one that we had in Staples Center in Los Angeles, and that is ten years ago. Yeah, League of Legends is a very different game since then, um, but it's also still League of Legends. You know, it's yeah. the the game is not necessarily made simpler, and um, like yeah, I, I remember like we we talked about this the last time. Like, why is why is Rocket League such a good esport to enter or you know when when you were to, to like get behind this the system or like the meaning of esports because it's so easy yeah it's so easy to understand what's going on and this is the the upside that you have in terms of valorant or csgo as well compared to league of legends or dota because you look onto the screen and within it's not as fast as as rocket league but within a couple of minutes you understand what's going on there's two teams there's a bump or a spike or whatever. One team has to plant it, and you see what's going on. Like you don't yep. have to think about the economy um, that is behind there in in CS:GO and like Valorant in terms of like when you can buy what. You understand the basic system already. Yep. Um, and that basic system is way more complex in League of Legends, and you will need a few rounds. Yes. Uh, to actually 100%. like get into it uh, of like and and what win conditions are and as you already mentioned like the just like of course you know when you see a nice one on one in League of Legends when when there's you know Faker versus Ryu outplays or you know mid lane where where they're playing one on one against each other and, and something happens you can see the skill difference like even when you're new to the game but it is I don't know it's it's easier to see in in games that are 100 more catered towards the audience yeah and i i think uh, the the big one for, for me right is like a one in one in league of legends can look so unbelievably impressive on the face of it what you're seeing is abilities are being used and they're fighting either with magic damage attack damage whatever like ad ap you're you're seeing that happen what you're not seeing happen is predicting the movements of putting the ability in a different place than you would normally put it or like the counter flashes or like i said like cancelling autos or or all of this stuff that's going on with league whereas in valorant if you're watching a 1v1 and you're watching someone holding an angle and someone walk into it and the person holding the angle gets the kill you understand why they've won that straight off the bat because they've held the angle Like, it's, I think as well, just on a, uh, just human nature-wise, obviously, with guns being involved, people understand how guns work without holding a gun themselves, is that yeah. 
that and i think that builds into it is that you can instantly look at it and be like right yeah you got that kill because you you knew he was coming whereas i think that is the difficulty with league but that's why i have a lot of respect for the league of legends community because there is that understanding that the mechanical level is ridiculous like mechanical skill level in league of legends is higher than valorant in terms of like <laughs> the amount of like abilities or understanding things cs like so many things so i mean if depending on like where you're playing you have to know every matchup and like every exactly ability. It's something that yeah. in, in counter-strike sure you have to like know like which gun makes the most damage yeah. and what the radius of a grenade is and where you have to stand and you know where to throw it but it's like knowing what every ability of every champion in league of legends does yeah. and how you counter it and or what you have to build against it it's like there's a lot of stuff behind that. i understand what you mean yeah yeah definitely and i think what what i can't wait for is valorant will get to that point it was said from the get-go that valorant will one day have that pick and ban system currently they don't have enough agents to do it at all they're building on it with the uh most recent one deadlock uh which is really really interesting agent don't know how it's fitting into the meta that much at the moment but we'll, we'll have to see but like it, it will build to that point and now in valorant probably the same it was with league of legends right at the start is that there aren't that many champs or agents to to know to know the abilities i mean with valorant the abilities are much easier it's just either reduces your movement it stuns you it flashes you it does damage to you that's that the abilities you in um in league of legends you've got the damage abilities you've got the movement you've got all of that stuff you've then got it changes depending on what level so the damage is yeah. going to increase the duration increase like you've got all of these things which you then have to be able to look at the level you have to then think about what order they would have prioritized their skills in. like there are so many things that go into it and that's why i'm genuinely impressed by it because suddenly you have uh, abilities that can be used across the map or like even teleport you across the map yeah exactly like there, there's so many things with it and like i i think that's why I think that understanding of that mechanical skill is why League of Legends is such an incredible esport and it is still the top dog, you know, like it, it is categorically because of that mechanical level that goes into it. That if you're watching it and you're more advanced than the casual gamer and you're watching it and you understand what's going on mechanically, that must be thrilling like genuinely I, I i wouldn't understand it at all I, I could still watch league and enjoy it but if you could watch it and understand mechanically what's happening in that 1v1 like yeah. oh my god he's just cancelled his auto flash behind him use his ability cancelled the flat like so many things you know so i think that's where ultimately Le league is still holding that power valorant knew is always better like you said so many resources going into valorant right now it's it's yeah. mental um, are you are you ready for my hot take oh, in terms of on. like why the viewership or like why me. i think the viewership drop is there go so on. a we have talked about you know more emphasis on valorant yep the other big reason is sports and esports is about stories yep 
And I just think that with the current system, it doesn't cater to universally to uh, to universal stories that it can be applied to like every audience yeah. kind of um i mean that is always hard in like every every sport um but right now i think how the system works is that you mostly only have this like hardcore audience watching that is like oh yeah i understand like how those skill shots work etc yeah but like what drives the story of the game or of the league of a tournament um and and therefore with that of course the viewership is like you know all of that other stuff as well like oh underdogs you know coming through um rivalries like th what a rivalry can do for your league is insane like yeah. during the 80s the nba was kept alive because of boston versus los angeles lakers versus the celtics that was the rivalry and we of course we have that in league of legends like look at it excel they made it to the the summer finals which is the absolute underdog story I, I don't think anyone would have like really expected that the team was great on paper but you know they've never really had that success so there is to a degree that story there also is you know like still some of the rivalries but with some of the players gone or like the fan favorite players gone like let's just look at vitality they're nowhere to be seen at the moment they haven't been in, in the playoffs in summer they are not in the lec finals this year because they're not amongst the top uh, six teams mm. um but perks and upset they're like some of the the biggest names there so my point is that i think or my take is that this current format where you have a best of one which doesn't really matter. Then you have like those group stages. It doesn't really cater to those storylines. Whereas yeah. the old system, you play a best of one against each team. It's like, oh, if there's a rivalry, G2 versus Fnatic, you can bet on that, that this is going to happen at least two times per season. Yeah. And if those teams are doing well, like you will see them in the finals or yeah. you will see them in the playoffs and it caters much more to like those those storylines because you see more you, you you just have the potential for more story during the the regular season because each of those teams will play 18 times yeah. and not only like nine games until they're potentially out and then divided into like groups where the next eight teams are, where, yeah, they can play. Like, there, there is room for story, um, but I just think the new format doesn't cater as much Yeah, well, or, or creates that good of a story as the old one does. No, and I 100% agree with that because the, the story is what, like, and, and the rivalry especially, like, I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that is a vital part of the story and just a vital part in esports in, in general because that generates the ability to, like, me, for example, when it comes to Valorant, I've watched a lot of European Valorant. I've watched a lot of North American Valorant because I've scrolled through Twitch and seen 100 Thieves versus Cloud9. I have to watch that game. Like, I have to watch that game. 
not even really knowing who's on it, right? But you're that's two big dogs. They might they might be rivals. They might not be, but two massive dogs in their region going against each other in a tournament. Yeah. So it's it's that ability to just off the face of it make an uproar, make people realize what's going on. And like you're Fnatic versus G two, like that's a prime example. And if you've got that ability, like you said, whether they're at least two games they will be broadcasted or whatever or or played out where you're going to watch the the leaders in Europe go against each other and at that point you've got the european fan base you've got the international fan base of each of those teams like you've got way more coming into it and being like oh my god what's going to happen like yeah. realistically fanatics going to win realistically g2 is going to win like you it, it's just definitely drumming it up a lot more but yeah, I, I think that is why the why the old format was that good, because yeah. like you you would play each team twice, but still every game would kind of matter. Mm. Like yes, you could drop a game here or there, but you couldn't afford to lose like more than 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 two games in a row because otherwise you know it would be hard to get into playoffs. Yeah, even exactly. though like the top six teams would make it into playoffs, but yeah. like still you know every game had like a significant weight. It was not like, um, you know, the LEC in, in 2014 where there was, uh, where, where you had like, each each team had like, what, 27 games, which is a lot more than, than 18 games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so the, the storylines even of like the good old, Fnatic went 18 and 0 once. And since, like now in, in this new format, yeah, you can go 9 and 0, but is it the same as going 18 and 0? Like those comparisons and, and the tradition and history uh, that the old format had it's kind of like the 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 good middle ground i understand why they try to experiment with the format but yeah as already you, mentioned i don't think it caters to... as, as good to all of the storylines no definitely and look, I, I think you ultimately at the end of the day you have to experiment with the format because there's no like obviously you can't make everyone happy everyone knows that but there's no I, th I think formats are so circumstantial like different titles need different formats at certain times you know um where if, if it's just starting out and you've got a very default um maybe not for league of legends but like swiss format very popular in like csgo and stuff like that if you've got those kind of default formats to go to that's great and all but there's always the possibility for them to be advanced so i i don't think we knock like we we can knock league of legends for obviously trying to change things up but i think ultimately now like they've got data in front of them that they have to recognize and yeah like it, it, if like what you're saying is that a lot of people are saying it's because of the format as to why they're not watching or or tuning in or whatever then they need to understand that they need to take that on board and they need to think about right like how how the stories like like you said storyline is everything and that's yeah. what drives like anyone in no matter what competency you are as a gamer so i think that's definitely a big part that, that they need to address in order for league of legends to spike back up spike back up again because it's got so many things going for it obviously i've spoken about mechanical skills so much but it's got so many things going for it and it's such a massive massive part of the industry not even in just like broadcasting rights and sponsorship, but like the amount of money that's been invested into it, uh, it would be a real shame. 
if uh if it continues on a downgrade so yep yeah that's that's what i think about that <laughs> um, yeah yeah um I don't know. I mean, well, like we we touched on on another topic, which is actually a cool segue. But I don't know if we have as much more time, or if we should maybe even move that to next week. I th- I think we can park it for next week. I think. Okay. I mean, we can we can tease it already. Like we we wanted yeah. to talk about uh, trash talk in esports because there's a current controversy going on. Yeah. After Kadian um, of Heroic at uh, CS:GO, I am Cologne yelling at his opponents yes um and so yeah we wanted to talk about uh trash talk in esports the good the bad and the ugly yes um because there's there's much more uh cool um examples of that but i i'm I'm fine with doing that next week i i Um, think if i'm honest we do it next week because you've just come up with the episode title right there (laughs) trash talk the good the bad and the ugly so uh, yeah, for next week yeah yeah, yeah i think so. write it down so so yeah. <laughs> we have to write it down so we don't forget yeah 100 percent. i'll do that now but no i i think that that is a really good teaser because i think it's something that we are going to have some fun talking about yeah um, so yeah it'll be really interesting to uh hopefully oh, get and, some other people's and, feedback as well and and the good thing is as well so i mean we, we can say that so i'm going to go on holiday for a week but we'll actually pre-record one episode for the week that i'm not here so we kind of like I don't know if we teased this already, but we're kind of like looking and trying to get a guest on board for Ooh. for that episode. If that doesn't work and there's like other important news that we have to cover next week on the pod, then we can still do the trash talk episode and release it during the week that I'm on holiday. Yeah. Yes, sorry. No exciting stuff. Very yeah. exciting. Uh, but no, I think we've covered a lot today, and I think it's been some really good conversation about just the state of the games right now um and and what's going on so yeah yeah let's uh let's leave it there for now we'll be back again next week uh with trash talk the good the bad and the ugly yeah um but yeah i've been zach i've been jan we'll see you next week Bye-bye. enjoy your wednesday my dudes <laughs> and do that <laughs> and do that all right see you later Bye bye